most wonderful show is Keeping Up With The Joneses. AJ Jones. Yes, sir. Episode 264. Yes. And I, first of all, I know that most of our listeners can't tell, but you've done a spectacular job on decorating the studio. Yeah, I had some fun with that. It was, it's anytime you say to me, here's some money you can go and get decorations. I get so excited. So mm-hmm. I, uh, I went to uh, the home store this time and yeah. found some things. But the portrait of me in swaddling clothes is beautiful. And I don't I, know how you commissioned is, it that. It is stunning. Uh, well, you know, I have friends in high places. <laughs> and so <laughs> weird. Yeah, for our members, this is our progressive Christmasization. Christmasization? Sure. Well, but last, no, next week is going to be the last episode of the year. Yes. And it's going to be a Christmas bonanza. So it, what it can is. you do to make it more Christmas? Well, I don't want to ruin the surprise. So we'll have to up our game even more. Well, I have a wonderful sweater for you to wear. Oh my god! It's going to be do great. You really? No. No. Okay. But I will have. <laughs> that's terrifying. If that's not a reason to become a member, I don't know what is. We're having slight deja vu. We are? You don't think we're having slight deja vu from oh, yes. 3 a.m. this morning? Oh, yes, we are. Yes, I hear you. So last night, um, our country, actually, America. Yeah. In uh, case you didn't know. Yeah, in case, in case you weren't aware. Got hit by some really serious uh, weather patterns. Yeah. And about 3 a.m., we had a tornado warning, which means a tornado has touched down somewhere in our area. In our county. Yeah. Uh, and so over there, which you can't see, is uh, three of the walls are underground. Mm-hmm. So that's our, our what do you call them? Tornado. Storm, sh- storm, storm shelter. shelter. Mm-hmm. So about three o'clock, I wake up all the kids, wake up AJ. Wrap them all up in blankets. Well, here's the funny thing. You know, I go up and I'm like, Abby, Tia, you have to get up. Could you grab your blankets and come to the basement? Mm-hmm. And I see them all come downstairs and they've grabbed their iPhones, but no blankets. <laughs> I was like, they are your children. My heart is warm. <laughs> but you will be freezing. Quickly yeah. grab your blanket. <laughs> There's no heat well in the device. basement. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we were here. Um, we we got off unscathed. There's no property damage to us, and yes. we've got friends who are without power. And if you've, depending on where you are in the world, if you read the news, there's been some tragic loss of life. But it just feels a little bit weird coming back during daylight hours and going, oh, yeah, wasn't I here just a couple of hours ago? Are you looking at my hair? Yeah, yeah, it's. Cr- I'm not I need sure what haircut. it's doing right now. <laughs> I just noticed. I was like, oh, how very cockatoo of you. <laughs> Which leads us nicely to our our, our Christmas wrestle. Our you, Christmas wrestle. Do you want to share with our listeners your oh, plan, my oh, veto? Yeah, well, here's the thing. Uh huh. I want to get our children guinea pigs. So this is where it all started. I I was at therapy on Friday mm-hmm. and uh, spent most of the time in therapy talking about. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Are you playing the therapy card? No, no, no. you introduced the therapy card for me. Now I'm just going to look <laughs> no, like a horrible no, obstructor no. of healing to your heart. Because no. I'm a monster. You no. never played the therapy no. card with me. Okay. The getting No. Just let me finish what I'm saying. So, <laughs> and we were talking you about... me, you would let me. <laughs> if you love me, you let me get them guinea pigs. Um, we were talking about my dad mm-hmm. and, like, introducing my kids to my dad. Basically, because basically I just never talk about him because I don't want to answer questions about how he died. Right. And so, and because I don't think they're old enough. So I'm like, I just basically pretend I like, but for me, I hear I have emotion. Every Christmas reminds me of my dad. So because it was like one of the times he was he was good at things. I'm trying to stay with you, but I'm just now feeling like the worst husband in the world. Well, why? Because this is your preamble and settle. No, I didn't mean to for, go there. I didn't mean to start no, crying. I'm fine. not it's trying to cry about guinea, guinea pigs. So anyway, but what my dad was great at was paying attention to, like throughout the year, what what did I like? What did I notice? What did mm-hmm. I talk about? And at Christmas, he was such a good gift giver. Like he gave me gifts that said, "You've listened to me this year. You've right. paid attention." And so one of the things that Samuel said was like, do you give gifts? Samuel, your therapist. Yes. Do you give gifts like that? Like, is that how you do? I said, well, I try, but we have them do Amazon lists, which is what we do, blah, blah, blah. But I was talking about how my dad used to like disguise presents and like he would 
I remember when he bought us stereos, he cut air holes in the boxes and asked them to stamp on it, keep refrigerated. And we, we guessed for weeks what was in there. And he would periodically move the boxes and be like, oh my gosh, they must be moving. And, you know, so he would just make it this, you know, big thing. And uh, I just started pondering that. And I thought, oh, I'd love them to have like some significant gift memories. That's all. Okay. So didn't think any more of it. That was last Friday. Thursday, we're at one of our gajillion Christmas parties that happened this week. And uh, for a white elephant, you know, we all brought white elephant gift and then you can you can steal off of somebody. Which just sounds like the worst game ever. It's a complete anti-spirit of Christmas. Well, it's not a good game for somebody who's a gifts person because like, anyway, uh, but I, you know, in the spirit of whatever i my number gets called i'm like the second to last or third to last person and i go and steal these earrings off of uh liana and so she was like i knew i wouldn't get to keep them you know kind of thing and so uh but anyway so i had those and then somebody else went and then when that person went and stole something from liana as well liana came back and got the earrings and I was like and so there's two gifts left on the table and I because there's two steals that have happened I have to take a gift from the table so I go over and I'm like looking at them anyway I I pick one and I open it and it's a fish somebody has brought a fish to a white elephant and it's you know like it's in a bag but it's coming with the you know the fish not sauce (laughs) sauce. this is a dark game Uh, fish food and all that kind of stuff anyway and i was like oh my gosh this is amazing the kids are gonna love this they've been asking for a pet this is great this is so great you know and it's i promise you the ugliest fish i've ever seen it it was some sort of weird-eyed fish where the eyes were like on the top it was such an ugly fish but i was like i don't even think they're gonna care I think they're going to love this ugly fish. and But then the last person goes and they steal the fish and you can't steal something back. And so I was like, which it was appropriate. This was a, a younger girl who wants to give it to her sister for Christmas. And I'm like, I mean, realistically, I can buy a fish, you know. Uh, so I go and steal the earrings back, of course, which I'm super happy I got the earrings. But anyway, all that to say. As I'm driving home, I realized I was so excited to be able to give the kids a pet because they've been wanting a pet. Mm-hmm. And Tia really has been like, like, was it last year? Two, two years ago, some random person on Christmas Day dropped off. It wasn't Christmas Day. It was. Oh, my gosh. You're storytelling. It, it was at Christmas because the Jacksons were here. It is fanatical. Was it not Christmas Day? Day after Christmas? It wasn't Christmas Day. I don't even remember it being Christmas. It was Christmas. Ask Tia. It was Christmas. It was around Christmas. And because I remember we were, I was on the phone with Lindsay, who was trying to pick up these rabbits that had been dropped off and take them to the shelter while we were doing the Christmas lights tour at Opryland. So okay. it was Christmas. The Jacksons were So here. somebody drops off two rabbits at our house. One rabbit in each box in front of each minivan and disappears. And we're like, what the, you know, like, wh- <laughs> Why? And they're massive rabbits, and we were not looking for But Tia has been sad for two years that we gave away those rabbits. Okay, Tia has not been sad for two years. She has. She mentions them all the time. Anyway. This is what I'm facing. It's like... <laughs> so, <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, we're getting puppies. We're No. So, the kids have also wanted puppies, but because we're adopting, I'm like, I'm not ready for that. That's like adding another baby into this scenario. Mm-hmm. And I'm convinced you and I this would be This is the longest story ever. Get to the end all of the, of the story. care. Anyway, so I did a little bit of research, and then yesterday I went to the pet store to just talk to somebody uh-huh, about- Just to talk. Just purely yeah. research. It's purely research. You know, are hamsters good? Are chinchillas good? Like, are, what would work for a good first pet? And talk to the lady there. And I don't really like hamsters. They're just like little rats or little mice. I mean, but anyway, uh, she said, no, you want to get a guinea pig. Okay, and she so said they're cleanest. I'm blah, stop blah, blah. right there. Yeah. So Edgy comes home without the bit about your dad, I might add, just launches into, okay, I've got a great idea. I think I've heard from God. You you played the God card. <laughs> well, I was like, because I, I haven't 
worrying about it all week. Like I want to get think, this great gift for the kids. And, I, and all I'm going through my like head a is God thought. I'm not saying the Lord has said get them guinea pigs. That's this, not what I'm saying. This is what I'm talking about on the podcast because it kind of brings <laughs> it down from no. Honestly, the Lord in person visited me. <laughs> no, he said. Did. I never said that. I never said that. No, but also Tia hasn't for two years been sad about. Well, so now we're even. mentioned it. Okay, okay, so we've downgraded <laughs> she's, from she's, she's had clinical depression for two years, <laughs> unable to get I out never, of bed. Look, back at the five minutes ago, I never said she was unable to get out of bed or was clinically depressed. I said okay, so we she has both been sad that we gave away those bunnies. Know, and she know. has. <laughs> okay. okay, so she comes to me. I don't know, it was a few episodes ago where we're talking about like your, you know, your love for a plan sometimes gets confused as no but god's told me all right right and i was like is this one of those things or is this just a and what i feel like is you're about to spend a couple hundred dollars on disappointment because after the first couple of days the kids are not going to be interested in them they're never going to clean out that uh, 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 they're never going to clean out their stuff <laughs> and there's a potential they're going to lose them drop them or they're going to die oh. and so i'm like what like why are we doing this and you said we don't even know that they want them. I haven't heard them mention that they want pets and they won't care for them and blah, blah, blah. So right. today at lunch, you sort of soft launched. I the, soft launched. Hey, mommy's know. a psychopath and she's decided to ruin our lives. Who do you trust more, mommy or daddy, for picking Christmas presents? And two of them pointed to me. <laughs> and only, both only MJ thought you might have a good idea of what he wants. <laughs> Which, fair enough, you do. He doesn't really want a pet. No. But both the girls... Want I really hope our kids don't listen pet. to our podcast. I mean, I don't they think they do. I don't think they do. We'll keep them from listening somehow. So AJ wants to get guinea pigs. Two guinea pigs. You have to get two because they have to, they're like, um, not friendship animals. They stay in groups. I don't know what you call them. They need to be together. They're pen pals. <laughs> they're, pen. they're like, yeah, anyway. Yeah. They like to cuddle. It's illegal and in so, Switzerland to own one guinea pig. Yeah. Well, they, the um, Pet Smart said they, they, prefer that you not to sell just one like yeah. they're like but you, you know, point out it's american we can do what we want well i mean i don't know whether the reason is that somebody might be just adding a second to their original guinea pig or okay, whatever but they're anyway, it doesn't matter anyway the point is but I, the point like, is this afternoon i want to go and buy oh wait it's happening can't we even let this episode get released no. and get feedback from no, listeners absolutely so not. what's the point of telling the story well, because i've bring it to family court <laughs> Listen, I've I've talked to some moms uh-huh. that have had yeah. guinea pigs at home, including your sister. Yeah, and uh, I've talked to also a friend who they didn't have they had hamsters, not guinea pigs. But they're like, you would be surprised how much joy that kids get out of just having this a little furry thing to take care of. And so, and so effectively, I'm overruled. Is you're what I'm overruled, and I want to go and pick up the guinea pigs today before somebody else buys the two cute ones I saw yesterday. Uh, can we please call him Thor and Loki? Well, I think the girls get to name the guinea pigs, but you could suggest that. Certainly one of the two guinea pigs I saw, one of them is black and brown and the other one is white and beige. So you could have Thor and Loki. You could have Link you and know, Zelda. Link and Zelda. And so they're both girls, aren't they? They're both girls, but who cares? Yeah. Well, yeah. So, yeah. So, so my so- dream of getting a puppy we just got crushed. Well, we weren't going to get a puppy anytime soon. We need to get baby, have baby trained, and have kids that actually have shown some responsibility, perhaps with guinea pigs. Our kids can't even brush their teeth on a regular basis, let alone care for another animal. I think this is a great opportunity for them to learn. Yes. Well, clearly, it sounds like... We're getting guinea pigs. (laughs) 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 And I'm so excited. And I think I'm just going to lock them in Kate's old room for right now. I'm going to lock the door so that the kids can't get in. And I'm But the trouble is, Abby needs to move into Kate's room. Well, not till next week. And by then, I will move them into our closet. Yeah, It's almost like I have no say in this. (laughs) You want them to have a wonderful Christmas where they feel surprised and excited. And they're going to have a great time with well, the I'm surprised you didn't leave with, you don't want to dishonor the memory of my dead father, do you? <laughs> I'm not saying that at all. And I did say, if you love I, me, you let me get the I can see that things. ace, though, poking out of your sleeve. <laughs> On the topic of babies. Yes, babies. We got, we got some amazing news. So we are fundraising at the moment to help pay for our adoption costs. Yes. And uh, we've been working with a 501c3 organization called Life Song for Orphans. Yes, a phenomenal organization 
And one of the reasons we're really interested in fundraising with them is, at least here in America, I think um, charitable donations work differently in different countries. Certainly yes. works differently in the United Kingdom. Yeah. But here in America, if I donate $5,000 to a charitable organization, yeah. I will get a tax receipt that allows me to offset um, $5,000 my taxes. for my yeah. taxes. Yeah. So it really, really incentivizes people to give. Yeah. And Lifesong for Adoption, we applied to them to say, hey, you know, we're interested in adopting. And so they did a background check. They vet us. They looked at all our finances. They saw yeah. our blah, 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 blah. And they got back to us and said, yeah, you absolutely can. They, yeah. So they've approved us to be able to give tax receipts. Which is great. So yeah. if you're an American taxpayer and you would like to donate, you can get a tax deductible receipt for your giving. Yeah. That's beautiful. That would be enough. Right. But then, shock of all shocks, earlier this week, they wrote to us and said, hey, we've given you a $10,000 matching grant. Right, which is amazing. And we were like, That's a huge amount. A huge amount. So any gifts that are given up to $10,000 will automatically be matched. Yes. And one of the, um, so Lifesong are putting up five grand of that. So a big thank you to Lifesong. Yes, so but wonderful. But Tim Tebow's foundation. Which is giving the other is five. giving the other five, which I think is, you know, at least I know who Tim Tebow is. He's a famous hockey player. And I only know... He's not a hockey player. You're so funny. I didn't catch that to begin with. Football, darling. Yeah, Football. I don't think I could pick him out in a crowd. I don't I, even know who he's played for. I couldn't either. But I, I know do, he's a Christian. He's a Christian. Yep. And the only reason that I know about them is our friends, the Tannehills, talk okay. about, you know... Tim T Tebow. Tim Tebow. So well, a big thanks to Tim Tebow Foundation yeah, as well for so good. putting up that. So that was big adoption news. We haven't heard anything new about being matched with a birth mom or we anything like that. We have not. We've applied with a new agency. We yep. We've so talked about that. Yep. Um, just wait. And then the last couple of weeks have just been nonstop Christmas parties. So many Christmas parties. Well, yeah. only three. Well, it, felt it like feels a lot. like a lot more. Well, I think because we're both introverts, and even though we love people. Parties like that are definitely a spend because it's Huge so spend. much mm -hmm. interacting. And I, I was I was uh, talking to, again, my therapist, and he was like, why do you think it's a spend for you? I'm like, well, I just, because I want to be present with each conversation and I feel like, you know, I, it, it, I spend to do that. Mm -hmm. And even though I really love and enjoy the people I'm talking to, afterwards, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to just be with myself in silence. Like when we drove home from one of the parties, it had been like a pretty loud reverberating kind of room with lots of TV screens and stimulus and then, you know, lots of people. And so we got in the car and you put on Nora Jones and I was like, please turn it off. I really don't even want to talk. Like I just need, I need silence because I just like, and it's so we, too much for we me. We arrive home yeah. and I come in and I'm chatting to our babysitters and I'm saying goodbye to our babysitters and like five or six minutes have passed and I'm like, where is AJ? And so I, I go back into the garage and I open the door and she's sitting in a locked car with the car off in the dark. In the and I'm dark, like, are you okay? Silence. She's like, just let me have some more silence and then I'll come in. <laughs> so yeah, it was I a did. spend. I had, it was a, spend. I had a, a need for silence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, teaching, I taught on boundaries and I've taught on, what's the other thing I taught on? Brain science. Yeah. Um, you've taught at Emanate. I did. We last talk. Yeah. Oh, we, we had the fun of um, helping out children's ministry. Yes. Last week and also this week, we're going to uh, yeah. be helping in kids' ministries. So. Yeah. So um, that's all. I've really enjoyed that. I've really enjoyed getting to meet new people to our church. Yeah. And welcome them. Yeah. I've really enjoyed. I just, it's a great, if where you stand, yes. everybody who's dropping off kids, you get to say hello to them. Yeah. And I I've think too, that. like I've always thought our children's ministry does a great job like you know Sharon and Charlotte and everything mm -hmm. uh but I've become more aware of just how much stuff goes into making oh, Sunday wow. morning look easy mm -hmm. um so Bravo. just super impressed with our, our team so yeah do you want to talk to them about your new uh, Apple fitness no. regime well, I don't want to bring your it up new, at all. is there a particular one that you want me to talk that about you're doing yes the uh the dance fitness okay so our daughter <laughs> Tia who's 12 yes Ed, you got a new Apple Watch for her birthday. Yes. And then you gave her your old Apple Watch to yeah. Tia. Yeah. Just wondering if Tia's going to be into it. Tia's super into it. Yeah. And so, super into closing her rings. Yeah. yeah. So Tia challenged me to a fitness battle. Yeah. And you thought you were just going to annihilate oh, her. I was just 12. Yeah. No, she absolutely no, she, crushed me. She I won, which isn't saying much because, you know, yeah, I beat a 12 year old girl at a fit of athleticism. Um, and I only won because she didn't go to youth that week. And if she'd gone to youth that week, I would have been. And she trans. goes to bed hours earlier than you do. So she and has to be up, like, yeah. yeah, on it. But anyway, in order to make sure that I beat my 12 year old daughter, 
I had to do the Apple <laughs> Fitness thing where yeah. you just you know, you can pick anything from like a high intensity workout to you know running on a treadmill yeah. to Pilates. To I love some, it though. Yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, it's great. Well, one morning I come down and I'm like, I've you know I've been hitting the treadmill pretty hard. I've my shoulders are sore from doing some Pilates. I'm gonna try dance. Never having done dance, I'm like right. I'm. I couldn't be bothered putting my shoes on. That was the thing. So yes. I'm like, I'm in our. <laughs> I'm in our area on the sofa. It literally was that. Because you didn't want to wear shoes. Didn't want to wear shoes. All right. Okay. And so I was like, how hard can dance be? And uh, I confirmed what I've always suspected, which is I have no internal sense of rhythm or coordination. No. Like none. Like none. And it is clear from watching the video that like in in a lot of the apple fitness videos there's the main person and then to the to the left of the person as you're looking on the screen to the right of them is somebody doing kind of like a step down modified Modified, version so if you're new to treadmill you have somebody walking instead of running if you're doing a uh you know i don't know a pilates workout or a high intensity workout instead of doing like a press up you'll do a knee press up they'll show you the modified version no such modified versions with the dance yeah and with the way that they're just going, okay, and then we're going to walk to the right for four, and two, three, four, and then drive to the left. But, and they're like, grapevine. And I, I'm lost. And they're like, you know, and then back, and then knee kick, and and then I'm trying to do it all right, and I am so uncoordinated. So so I don't realize that's what he's doing this particular morning. And all I can hear is him downstairs laughing and then saying stuff. And I thought he was working out well on the phone with somebody that he was laughing about jokes. I couldn't figure out what was going on until he starts yelling, AJ, AJ. And then I thought, oh my gosh, she's falling off the treadmill. Uh, so much I come down. she has in me. Yeah. And, and in fact, uh, the whole thing was him talking to the screen and howling, laughing while he's trying to do... Because I can't do a thing. Like, so it, he can't do it at Over the at course all. of half an hour, I got the walking to the right and walking uh, to oh, the left. Oh, good, yeah. But then they yeah. start putting in an upper body part that you're supposed to do syncopated <laughs> with walking right. Oh my gosh. And I cannot do it. It's the funniest thing. I literally... Cause, so where I was standing, the screen is sort of beside me, but I'm watching him. And he's watching the screen trying to do it. And I cannot imagine what it is that they're doing on the screen to... That's producing that my he, results. <laughs> that he's doing what he's doing. And so, like, I watch him for a few minutes and he's like, yo, it's building a routine and it's the same thing over and over again. And I watch him and I'm like, what the heck? And then I look at the screen and I'm like, oh my gosh. And you're like looking at thing. three graceful dancers who are syncopating. Oh and my I'm God. Like, I just Sweetheart, got they're none. not graceful dancers. They're, they, they're really not. But you're like... <laughs> I'm so ungainly that they look graceful. Well, is that what you're saying? Yeah. So, I anyway, what I've done is I've committed to doing that routine yeah. once a week until I can do it. Yeah, and then you're going to like perform it for Ben and Sarah when they come for Nobody Christmas. Nobody needs to see it live. <laughs> no, that night I was telling the kids and they're like, "Can you show us it?" And so I put it on and all of us tried to do it. Yeah. And it was just it was calamity. You were a dancer, weren't you? Yeah, I did. I did that routine. I didn't find it difficult. Yeah, I did. I want to watch you I do the routine. Did, uh, I'll okay. be the judge of that. Okay, I'll be the judge right. of that. I I've since done a couple of them because I thought you had so much fun doing that, and I had fun doing I, it in the kitchen I, while I was. Making I'm not muffins. sure I had fun. I think I hit that whole thing of how can I be this bad at it? Like, right. and it didn't strike me as a complicated routine. It striked me as basic building blocks. It striked like, you. <laughs> Struck. I don't know. You know. It's, hit you <laughs> i've had some brain damage yeah, okay but like even clapping on a beat four times i just I was like, it was tricky i understand i, I was understand. really tricky anyway listen was, guys if i can somehow sneak a video no, i'll, I'll try and that, get would it you, but, that would okay. be wrong that would be wrong violation <laughs> tell them about what tia did i don't know tia, what tia, is. tia uh she because alan said uh, you know i'm gonna come on guys like do this dance video with me i'll show you how hard it is and tia went and got her phone and she's figured out how to run her video like to record video from her watch so that nobody knows that she's recording so she placed her phone phone to try and like start it so that she could sneakily but alan caught on to her before she got her sneakiness from somewhere yes it wasn't me i'm not sneaking i'm just adorable yeah (laughs) Please, sir. Please, please can please, I have sir, some guinea pigs? <laughs> please, sir. Can I have some guinea pigs? They right. eat vegetables. D- w- wonderful. Yes. You can serve them with vegetables, too, in some parts of the world. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. Our main topic uh, yes. for this week. <laughs> On that note. A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about five things we didn't know about therapy. Yes. We got some great feedback. People said, do one about five things I didn't know about inner healing. Oh, 
Okay. So that's yeah. what we're going to do. I love that's you where you at, got the... Yeah, that's where I got Oh, I the, didn't know that's where you got oh, the idea from. I thought you were I pretending like, you didn't know what we we're going to be talking about. I was like, no, I asked you to I know, I have things. my five points. I just didn't know that's where... Yeah. And okay. I don't know, like we talked a little bit about the difference and the distinction between inner healing and, and therapy and that the process ultimately leads to wholehearted living. Yes. But I would say that inner healing is an approach to applying what Jesus paid for on the cross to the emotional and relational aspects of our life. Right. Would you would you say that? I'm trying to think as if, opposed to Well, if nobody's familiar with inner healing, I didn't know what inner healing was until yeah. my late twenties. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. And it's you know, it's a broad category of prayers to bring freedom to you. Yeah, prayers and and prayer methods to yeah, unhook from things. Right. So if you're uh, stuck so it, in patterns. It, yes. So also there's like where where for me therapy doesn't seem to have touched the spiritual stuff. Yeah. Inner healing is like disconnecting from spiritual things as well. Spiritual realities yeah. that are keeping you Yeah. eating your lunch. Hindered. Yeah. from uh, receiving what Jesus already purchased for yes. you. Yes. Do All I right. get to go first this yeah, you week? Go first. Or do you? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm interested to know what you got. Or we could alternate, but that'll get confusing. Just do that'll one get, through five. Yeah, I get to go first. All right. Point number one. Go. Forgiveness is super powerful. So I think if there was one thing we got really, really good at was forgiveness, we'd probably experience much more healing. Mm-hmm. You know, with forgiveness being super powerful, uh, it counteracts things like bitterness and resentment and things that unpack that a little bit for us. So it's kind of the opposite. Like we can find ourselves or when we find ourselves operating in bitterness or in resentment, the key to that is releasing forgiveness. Mm-hmm. But sometimes because we feel so justified by, about being mad about something. About having bitterness. And, and well, I don't think originally we're going for bitterness. We're just, we're mad, we're sad, we're whatever. But we camp there and we don't release forgiveness. And eventually that's always going to become bitterness. You said that, and I just wondered if there's a big difference between inner healing and and therapy is because one of the things we've taught for years, which I do think is important, is often we stay not forgiving because we don't feel like it. Yes. You know, well, you don't understand. I'm so hurt and I'm, mm-hmm. and I think one of the shortcomings of us is, well, just forgive and then the hurt will go away. Like one of the shortcomings of our approach, but also just because you don't feel like you need to forgive or you can't forgive doesn't mean that you shouldn't. Right. And the thing is, scripturally, we don't get that out. We don't get that option. We, we no. don't, yeah. That's not, that's not an option for us. It's, yeah. you know, you need to forgive as your father in heaven forgave you. I mean, mm-hmm. there's not, there's not a option to not forgive, but certainly I've chosen that option. A number of times. I remember John Arnott saying the evangelical church has done a wonderful job of preaching the need for forgiveness of our sins, mm. but has done a terrible job in helping people understand that they too need to forgive. Yeah. And I would say that I I, I would I had no clue the power of forgiveness till yeah. I heard your testimony. Yeah. You would be the person who introduced me to that. Oh wow. That's cool. Yeah. So I mean again, moving away from forgiveness moves us towards bitterness judgment, resentment, and and those are all places we don't want to live from as believers. Mm-hmm. So the power of forgiveness, it's it's awesome. One of the things that I've heard is that we don't want to forgive somebody until they've actually repented. What do you think about that? I, I don't, again, scripturally, it doesn't say, you know, go ahead and wait until they've repented. Mm-hmm. You know, th- many of the people that I've forgiven, family included, they've never said that they're sorry. They won't own it. It doesn't matter. Scripturally, my responsibility is still to release forgiveness when mm-hmm. I recognize because that you're I'm forgiving them for you. Yes, you're not forgiving them for them. Yes, I mean one of the things that I quote from this email that I got like 20 years ago uh, was there was this line that said, "To forgive is to set the prisoner free and then realize the prisoner was you." I think that's the deal. Like I think we forgive for us, which is why it's in the book. Like mm-hmm. actually for you. Mm-hmm. For you to walk out this Christian lifestyle, get good at forgiveness. Well, it's the parable of the unmerciful servant, isn't mm-hmm. it? What are the most common obstacles you hear for why people don't forgive? Most common reasons they give. I think a lot of people think, well, if I forgive, that means what they did was okay, which it doesn't. If I forgive you, yeah. it means what you did to me was okay or yeah. doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't has, matter. It's not yeah, important I'm, that I was yeah. hurt or any oh. of those things. And that's not true. That's You're not saying any of that. You're simply saying, hey, I recognize you owe me a debt. 
I release you from the debt you owe me. And you don't have to have that conversation with anyone. No. Like one of the most damaging things. No, I think things. that's one of the mistakes we make is, you know, hey, Alan, you no, know. T- tell a story, the real story from you being at the conference. Oh. And Jack Frost. Oh, yeah. We were, uh, it was a conference when we were in Toronto and um, Jack had said, you know, if there's anyone in the room that you need to forgive, just go ahead and forgive them. And he's, you know, taking it into this ministry time. And so during the ministry time, this person came up and sat down and she said, you know, uh, I forgive you uh, for, and she got super emotional. She was like walking by me at every conference and never saying hello and never giving me a hug. And, you know, and so she's going on and on. I have no idea who this woman is. Like we, there was thousands of people that came to every conference but she had taken personal offense at me not stopping and hugging her and, and talking you didn't know to who her. She was. I didn't know who her. she was. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's we don't need to do that. I mean, for me, I was like, uh, you know, like I Thanks, kind stranger. I had no idea. And actually this was between you and God, not you, me and God. Right. You know, and and really that's the case even if you do know the person. You need to do your work on your end first. And at, if at some point the Lord orchestrates a conversation or challenges you to have a conversation, great. Mm-hmm. You know, but do your work first. All right. Number two. Number two, go for it. Is how easily it is to be making friends with your ungodly beliefs. Okay, well, first of all, you have to explain what ungodly belief is. Okay, so according to the Kilstras, an ungodly belief is something that appears to be absolutely true based on the facts of your experience, but is absolutely false based on God's word. So uh, you may have an ungodly belief that uh, God doesn't love me or God doesn't care about me, but scripture says things like he's loved you with an everlasting love or he's numbered the hairs on your head or, you know, so it's, it's, it's a belief that is, is at odds with scripture, but we absolutely believe it because of some things that we've experienced. Mm -hmm. And ungodly beliefs are super tricky because they masquerade sometime as wisdom, right? Help me understand that. Well, they, they're things that we use to protect ourselves because of our experience, right? So we may even have ungodly beliefs um, or UGBs, as we call them for a short form, that are things like never trust a man, you know? So for me, I had some ungodly beliefs around men because, of course, I had an uh, enormous amounts of abuse as a child. Then I had my first husband who had an affair and left. And Wait, you've been married before? Very funny. And so I set up like a whole, I had no idea. I'd set up a whole new set of ungodly beliefs to protect me from men. So From the hurt that men cause. Right. Men are, you know, men are not trustworthy. Yep. Things like, now that in my experience, they haven't been. Right. So to me, that seems true. And if but you get did close God to make men, men untrustworthy? Right. Right. And it really was like tearing those things down that allowed me to even be able to have relationship with you when you came along. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So they seem like wisdom, but actually they're uh, they're often robbing life from us in ways that we have no idea. Here's the funny thing about ungodly beliefs, and by funny I mean horrifying. Yeah. Is you can know all about ungodly beliefs and the knowledge of what they are and where they come from yeah. and how they operate yeah. doesn't keep you from making new ones. From making new ones. No. Or, or even having no. ones. And part of the problem with ungodly beliefs is they, like you said, they sound like wisdom or they sound like truth or they're, especially your core ungodly beliefs, they're impossible for you to see because they back up your reality. Right. Right. And I remember when we did our healing week with Chester and Betsy, and I remember Chester read to me like 12 or 14 ungodly beliefs. I argued with him about every single one of them. Like, that's not an ungodly belief because of X, <laughs> Y, and Z. <laughs> He's like, because uh, it was so true to me, like yes. you know, and yeah. also like I need to fight for it to be true because if it's if I'm wrong about that, then what else about my outlook is wrong? Right, and these are the things I use to protect my heart yeah. from being disappointed. And, again. and you saying all that sounds like very cognitive, and it isn't. It's all down here. Yeah, you know that I'm yeah. doing this to protect. And nobody thinks like that. Yeah, it's all this kind of like under the surface stuff. Yeah. Can you remember um, any ungodly beliefs that? you know, majorly shifted stuff for you in your life? I mean, a big one for me was I had an ungodly belief that sounded a lot like it's not safe to love. If you love, they will leave. Mm. And so never let anybody close enough that you can be disappointed when they go. But as you can imagine, that means you have absolutely no real relationships at all. So you feel lonely anyway. Mm -hmm. You're trying to protect 
protect yourself from feeling lonely and you create an environment where now you are lonely all the time. Do you remember where that ungodly belief or how that ungodly belief got identified? Uh, yeah. I mean, I was, I think I was teaching on ungodly beliefs on, uh, one of the encounter weekends in Toronto and, uh, the Lord was like, Hey, do you want to talk about the ones that you've been making recently? You know? And this was like, Oh, I mean, I'm teaching on it. And I was like, I'm not making more, am I? But this again was between, you know, after my first husband had left and, and this is where I realized, Oh my gosh, I've made a whole new set, Mm. you know? And again, I get it. It's based on my experience and and we make them so quickly that we don't even realize, you know, Um, but for an instant, they make us feel protected. But for the rest of the time, they just rob life. They're absolutely stealing life from me. Yeah. So, and godly beliefs are not your friends. They are not your friends. And they they masquerade as wisdom. They're vicious. Okay. Number three. Number three is there is nothing that God cannot heal. Oh, I love that. I, and I've certainly had this perception. Like I remember feeling like I am so broken. I am so messed up. There's no possible way that God can heal me. I mean, he can heal the people with the less scary testimonies than mm-hmm. mine, you know, but there's just no possible way that God could heal me being as messed up as I am. And I have seen him over and over and over again mm-hmm. do exactly what I thought he could not do. Mm-hmm. And so it's just that there is nobody that God cannot heal. Now, it's going to require work on our end, right? Right. We have to actually do our part to partner with Holy Spirit and uh, work through the things that he's bringing up. And that doesn't mean digging in your own garden mm-hmm. and constantly like looking at your own navel, like, oh, what's next? What should I go for? You know, but just responding to God as he brings things up and realize, hey, he is going to complete what he started. And, mm-hmm. and what he started is healing you up and making you look like Jesus. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my number three is there's nothing God can't heal. One of the biggest juxtapositions I experienced when I met you. And so you got to remember that I met you as a public figure before I ever met you as a person. So I actually remember a year before I ever met you in person, I came to a conference and you were the keynote speaker. Uh, you were uh, a One breakout speakers, speaker. Yeah. yeah. You were teaching on Marthaplexy. Mm. And then a year later, I'm in the school and you're teaching and you're sharing your testimony. And I remember being unable to reconcile the story you were telling with the person who was telling it. Because I was like, you're so radiant, you're so full of hope, you're so full of love, and I don't know how somebody who's endured what you endured comes out the other side looking like that. And I remember you saying, guys, you don't get it, I was the person that people would walk around at church. Like, I was just this aching, bottomless pit of need. Yeah. I was just, I just don't recognize you as that at all. And uh, that's very sweet. Thank you. Uh, I mean, again, that's why I'm saying you have to... You have to actually do the work. Like I recognize yeah. I can't keep living the way I'm living. And I could feel the Holy Spirit going, hey, mm-hmm. hey, there's something better. Hey, there's something more. But you still have to go, oh, and realize, oh, there's, for me, I felt like there's a whole bunch of work to do before I get to where I live from hope and that kind of stuff. And, and one of the work you have to do comes at number two because- you probably had an ungodly belief that God can heal everybody else except me. Oh, absolutely. So you had to come to terms with that ungodly and, belief. And there was so, so much forgiveness to do, like mm-hmm. layers and layers and forgiving like my dad, my family, you know, for the same thing over and over again, every time it came up, not letting it go, not letting it fester. Well, it's interesting you say that because not only would you be forgiving the same thing in the past. Yeah. But, but how it affects me of, in the present. Well, also those patterns of behavior would be repeated afresh. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, I need to oh, re-forgive you again. for that. Yeah. 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 Um, but just realizing my other option is, I, I mean, I was, I had an eating disorder. I was suicidal. I was barely, I mean, these are my options. I can stay letting the enemy eat my mm-hmm. lunch or I can apply everything that's been given to me because of the cross and all of these kingdom values and see what God can do with my mm-hmm. life. The, to me, those are the two options. This one's going to take so much more work. This option of forgiveness and working mm-hmm. through, unga- yes, it's good, but but there's life at the end of that mm-hmm. one. This I don't know what I look like if I'd stayed in the other. Well, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm confident I wouldn't be here. Well, that's terrifying. Yeah, you ready for number four? All right, hit me with number four. True identity is on the other side of inner healing. 
But so basically what I mean is I am not what I survived. My identity isn't wrapped up in my testimony. My identity is wrapped up in who God says I am. Mm. Again, that's only on the other side of inner healing. I don't think you get to live that way. I mean, you could probably brute force live that way. I know a lot of people who do. Yeah, brute force live it. Throw scripture first at it. But you know know, when people do that? I don't have to fight for my identity. Yeah, when people are doing the thing that you're describing, it it feels like they're handing you a resume or a marketing pamphlet and say, hey, believe this about my life. Yeah, as opposed to just experiencing what you radiate. Exactly. Right. It's like, yeah, if you have to tell somebody who you are, they're never going to believe you. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a kind of a short one, but it's just... I'll take a short one. Number five. Number five is, uh, I already kind of referenced this, but it's worth the work Mm -hmm. to to get to the other side of healing. Mm -hmm. And if you get stuck, get help. I think there's many wonderful, uh, and we've referenced them, many wonderful different inner uh, healing type tools and Mm -hmm. ministries out there for, hey, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to work my process. I'm trying to get healed um, and I need help. I think that's a worthy investment of time, of resources. Uh, do the work, get the help, because mm-hmm. on the other side, you're going to go, oh, freedom is something that is, there's, you can't put a price on mm-hmm. it. Those are my five. What are your five? Well, I want to pause and say, I didn't understand anything about inner healing until my late 20s. Yeah. Till I read a book called The Transformation of the Inner Man oh. by John and Paula Sanford. <laughs> it's like a huge book. It's such a good book, but it's... It, it is. So John and Paula Sanford are really kind of the great-grandparents of inner healing. Yes. And I, I knew nothing about it. Like, nothing about it. And it's, it's, it's kind of really a resource book that you dip into, not necessarily something you start at the beginning and work through. And it's, yeah, it's an old book. But that is what I and, did. I yeah. read through the whole thing. And, but yeah. I was like, I don't understand any of this. And here's my first point. Inner healing is basically just the process of sanctification. Yes. So uh, the church culture I grew up in was big on sanctification. The sanctification is by which the, the way that we are being made holy. Yes. Now, the writer of Hebrews talks about we're both made holy and being made holy. Yeah. So it's the process of walking out and becoming more Christ-like. Yeah. But nobody ever talked to me about inner healing. And actually, nobody ever talked to me about the process of sanctification other than it was something that just happened to you. Yeah. Like life circumstances are sanctification. Not understanding that you could sign up and you could speed up the process. Yes. And that like a lot of the stuff that was happening to you wasn't sanctification. It was just the results of your judgments, yeah. your bitterness, your bad decisions, demonic strongholds. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. didn't know any of that. Yes. So I think inner healing was just kind of like this vague voodoo, new agey thing, right? Until I understood what it is. And I'm like, oh, it's just a biblical process of being made more Christ-like. Yes. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. So that would be the first thing I I did not know was, oh, it's just another word and another way that you become sanctified. Yeah. Good. Number two. Yes. And this could sound depressing. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Is that inner healing is never done. Oh, yeah. It's not like... Oh, I did inner healing. I did an encounter. I'm I'm healed. Yeah, I did a healing week. Yeah, I did a weekend away. Yeah. I did Doesn't you know a like theater. Yeah, you know, it's healing inner healing isn't something that you have done. It's something you continue to do until glory. Ongoing process, and yeah. that can sound depressing to some people, or it can sound powerless to some people. Well, why do it if you're never done? I'm like, well, one, we're, we live in a fallen world. Yeah, and number two, the very nature of inner healing is that it's progressive. It's so the stuff the stuff that I'm working on this year mm-hmm. in many ways is just like a plane, you know, like a woodworking plane, just an iterative process of the same thing I've worked on maybe ten years ago. And it's just like surprise, this thing's showing up. And it's not it didn't work the first time, it's just another layer of of healing, refinement, sanctification is happening. Yes, got you. And then equally, the stuff that I've worked on this year that I don't think I would ever have been able to work on if I hadn't had previous years of inner healing. Like, I remember when we went to the Kilstras. So we went, AJ and I went away for a week intensive of inner healing. And we greatly respect Chester and Betsy Kilstra. And we are very familiar with their work. We've taught their work for years. And in many ways, we've been through the healing week material and so AJ and I are driving up there and on the one hand we don't want to be these kind of arrogant pastors who are like we teach the stuff you know what could they possibly find because we know that's folly and yet on the other hand we're genuinely doing an inventory of our soul going I don't know what I 
don't know what we're going to focus on this week because all of the big stuff in our life we've brought into the light, we've dealt with. It's not like I'm like, well, it's finally time for me to let go of my cocaine addiction and yeah. maybe you should walk in light about your secret <laughs> porn addiction. Like there was right. none, like no, we, nothing we like were that, yeah. literally curious and then we get there and there's just this wealth of stuff we didn't know that needed to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. And that would be an example of, and I remember speaking to Chester about that, like how was all of that there and we didn't see it? And Chester talked to me about there's two verses in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 7.22 and I think Exodus 23.29. They're both about the same thing, but the people of God are inheriting the promised land. And the Lord says to them, I'm not going to go and drive out all the enemies in the land Mm -hmm. at once because it would be too overwhelming for you. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's kind of like inner healing. God in his wisdom, you deal with it process by process by process. You deal with this hurt and this area of unforgiveness and this area of stubbornness. And, you know, in one sense, you're never done. And that's one of the things that we get, you know, we meet people all the time who are, maybe they do SOSL and they're just like, well, it didn't work because, you know, I did year two and issues from year one still came up. But I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. It's ongoing. You dealt with it. For, you applied yeah. twenty minutes of ministry time to something yeah. that's been affecting your life for 20, 20 years. Yeah. Give it, give it a chance. You know, yes. let, you know, continue to work it out. So, yeah, it's it's not a thing you did. It's something you continue to. I love the way John and Carol would say they would go for an uh, inner healing appointment every two years. Yeah, and they would say it's like the dentist. Yeah, you go to the dentist when there's nothing wrong for a checkup. Yeah. And you sometimes go to the dentist when there is something wrong. Yeah. And in life, there will be presenting issues. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, you get married and suddenly you have this issue where I don't believe I can trust my spouse. Where yeah. did that come from? There's some things that don't come up until you're in a, a particular Absolutely. situation. Yeah. And there's other times, like I remember when my mom passed away. I remember meeting with Christine going, Christine, I think I'm okay with my mom passing and the grief. Can I come and just book an appointment with you? Because I don't want to lie to myself and just, right. you know, I, there was nothing presenting and I just, you know, wanted the comfort that I'm not lying to myself. Can I tell you the funny thought that just went through my head? Because you were talking Please. about when we went to see the Kilstras yes. and we didn't think we had any big things. And Well, again, and, it's, it, yes, I suppose I that's mean, true. We didn't no think. No big presenting things that mm-hmm. we knew. Like we, we both went thinking, I have no idea what they're going to touch on. Right. Yes. And for me that week... I mean, both of us were, it was different than we expected. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for me that week, they kept saying, no, no, I don't want you to read the extra thing. I want you to rest. No, no, I want you to do that. I want you to rest. And that became like a, what? They're making me read and you get to rest. Oh, they gave me so much extra. And I remember just feeling like, oh, I get to rest because, you know, I guess I've just, I've done years of work and this is great that I get to rest. And I just thought about it. Like I was just thinking about how much, uh, joy I had in I get to rest yep. and real I never realized until just this moment that actually that would have been because being not being able to rest was one of my big issues like I was I would always strive perform you know like mm-hmm. that my that was my thing mm-hmm. and really looking back it was probably seven years of the Lord talking to me about rest before I started implementing rest, you know, like having a day of rest Mm -hmm. and figuring out how important this was. So I was sort of uh, like, I'm literally sitting here sort of laughing like, oh God, you're so funny. Cause I was thinking, oh yeah, they just wanted me to rest. Isn't that sweet? Not realizing, yes, it's sweet, but actually it was the Lord saying, hey, this is what's eating your lunch. Mm -hmm. You don't actually know how to enter into rest. And as I said, inner healing is never done. It's never done. So I just, I was just sort of having a little snicker with the Lord, like, oh, you're so funny and clever. And I never saw that until just now. Mm-hmm. So anyway. All right. Number three. Number three. It is essential in our Christian faith to understand that God works both in sovereignty and in process. Yes. So some of the most vocal critics of inner healing, people mm-hmm. who would say inner healing is not needed, mm-hmm. would quote, you know, the old is gone, the new has come. Yes. Right? You know, your new creation. Yeah. You're a new man. Yeah. And so it's all like under the, the blood. Died. It's all under the cross. Yeah. Jesus di- died for it. Yeah. We don't need to do any navel gazing. No Christian psychobabble. This is just pop psychology. Right. Just get on with the work of the kingdom. You don't sure. need to do anything. And so they love to quote that verse in Second Corinthians 5.17. Right, that's Corinthians, not Corinthians. Right, so they love to quote Paul's writing, like, "Hey, you know, the old is gone, the new is come. You know, behold, I'm a new creation in Christ." Yeah. But they seemingly overlook 
the other areas of Paul's writing, like Romans 12, where he talks to us about his by renewing of the mind, yeah. present tense, that transformation happens, yes. that we're to be people who walk out our faith with fear and trembling, yes. or that we need to be people who get rid of all rage and anger and brawling and malice. Like, yeah. why are those things there in order for us to get rid of them if right. it's all if under the cross? Right. Or the instruction to put off the old man and put on the new. Yeah. And so, the, the, of course, God works sovereignly. I think we can all recognize when we got saved, there were things that instantly changed about our life. Yes. Like, you know, we stopped smoking, for example. Maybe the addiction of nicotine yeah. just went. Or in your case, you stopped swearing like a trucker. Well, that, that wasn't... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that wasn't solving. No, that was, <laughs> I mean, that that was, was processed. That was you, processed. You worked out. But like, not to be funny, like I do have some things that like happened in an instant. God yep. touched down. It happened. I never struggled with eating disorders and suicidal thoughts from the moment that he encountered me at that one service. Isn't that amazing? But there's other things that I've had to walk out for years mm-hmm. of just, you know, pressing in again, pressing in again, pressing in again mm-hmm. for healing. So, so I think having an understanding for sovereignty and process is beautiful because it gives you something to do. Because I realized so much of my life, I outsourced it. Well, if God wants to do it, he will do it. Mm. He's God, he's just sovereign. Mm. Not realizing that I can partner with him. Just simply in in the book of James, says if you draw near to God, he draws near to you. So actually, what are you laughing at? He draws near... It's what you said it. You just said it funny. Kind of oh, did funny. I? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, anyway, when I get excited. He will draw near to yeah. you. Good. Yeah, draw near to God yeah. and he will draw near to you. Yeah. Resist the devil, submit to God, he will draw near to you. Um, and so that whole thing of like, actually, I can I can influence how intimate I am with the Lord sure. just by how I spend my time. Drawing near. Yeah. Where I didn't know that verse. I just thought, well, I guess some people are God's favorite and other people aren't. And right. if I have a cold, distant relationship with the Lord, I guess this is my lot, you know, lot in life and right. just persevere. As opposed to we have the level of relationship we want to have. Right. Yes. But in the same way that your relationship with Christ can be influenced by you yes. and not him, yes. so can your um, the amount of wholeheartedness that you yes. have. I agree. Like you can move towards the Lord in your brokenness. Mm-hmm. Like it's fascinating to me when the blind beggar is like, Son of David, do not pass me by. And then the Lord stops and says, What do you want me to do for you? Yeah. Like, duh. Can you take a guess? Yeah. Like, I want to dance. No, I want to be able to see. Yeah. Right. But the Lord invites him into the process. What what do you need? Yeah. And I did not know that I could come to the Lord, especially with things I had deep shame about. Mm. So when I think about like my sexual sin, I would never, historically, I never went to the Lord to talk about that because I'm spending all my life keeping it covered and hidden. Mm. But I didn't know that I could just go and be with the Lord and walk in the light with him or maybe walk in the light with another person. Right? Yeah. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective, you know, so you confess your sins one to another, and this way you'll be healed. Yes. I didn't know that I could willingly choose to get free from some of the stuff in my life by just going and humbling myself and confessing my sin to somebody else. Yeah. That, by the way, is inner healing. You're like, no, that's just New Testament Christianity. I know. Right, <laughs> like, right. Inner yes. healing is just a collective and... terms for stuff that's already in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Didn't know that. All right. Perfect. Ready for, ready for number four? I am. Number four. Yes. I did not know demons were real. I knew demons I were did. real in the Bible. <laughs> but did you when you got saved? Well, yeah. I mean, I used to have night terrors and things like that. And I used to have things that would move in my room. So oh. I knew there was like demonic stuff going on. No idea. Yeah, yeah. You should grow up in Scotland. There's no demons there. Oh, right. Okay. So when I grew yeah. up in Scotland, yeah. when I went to church, I certainly believed that demons were real because the Bible said they were. Mm. But I think I relegated demons to Jesus's time and to far off countries. So maybe oh, if demons yeah. were alive today... I mean, I, I wouldn't doubt it, but it's probably like only in deeply occult nations where missionaries are at work and maybe they have like a weird story to tell. But demons weren't real in our modern world, wow. right? Right? yeah, yeah. Didn't know that yeah. at all. Yeah. Narrow it down a bit more. I didn't know that demons could afflict Christians. Yes. At all. Yes. Right? And that was a misunderstanding on my part about like, well, of course, a you know, Christian can't be possessed by a demon because they're possessed by the Holy Spirit. Well, what was Derek Prince's famous line Derek about Prince like, was once can, asked, can a Christian have a demon? Yeah. D- Dr. Prince, can a Christian have a demon? And yeah. he pauses. He says, I suppose a Christian can have whatever he or she wishes to have. <laughs> and I was like, because the, the, the devil is empowered by human agreement. Right. Paul writes to Christians, yes. do not give the devil a foothold. Yes. The Greek word for foothold there is topos. Yes. Right, from which we get our, you know, word topology, topology, a spot, a place, a literal place. Don't give the devil a literal place in your life. It, it can also mean like a license. 
if I was going to start a food stand in Franklin, yeah. I would need a license, yeah. a permission to operate. Yeah. And so Paul is saying to Christians, right. don't, don't give, give the devil space. a license yeah. or an opportunity a space to operate to set in your camp. life. Yep. I didn't Which know. Which means you can. Which means you can. Yeah. And I didn't know there was patterns of behavior that I would exhibit in my life that was literally opening the door for me to be oppressed by the demonic. Yes. I had no grid for that. Yes. I'm going to tell a story. It's a humorous story. And I hope that you understand the point of my story is to make fun of me and not my father. Okay. Okay. So my father and I, we, I mean, we both loved the Lord deeply, but our expressions of faith were very, very different. Sure. My father was a staunch cessationist. Yes. So no belief in the, the, the supernatural here and now. Yes. Right? So God doesn't speak. He certainly doesn't speak in dreams. There's no speaking in tongues. There's no spiritual gifts. God could heal because he's God, but he doesn't tend to. I mean, we can pray for him to do it, but we can't expect the miraculous stuff that we saw in the book of Acts because that was just to get the church well, started. just for then. And now that the yeah. canon of Scripture is closed, now that the New Testament church has been launched, it's just about perseverance, right? And so I remember one day after I had married you, we were talking, my dad was talking uh, about he was questioning me on my theology about healing. Yes, and like you know, well, you, you know, at the time, um, some a well-known prominent preacher, their daughter was sick, and he was like, "Well, this person's a faith healer. How can their daughter be sick?" Yes, and so I'm like, "Well, Dad, I I could give you thirty reasons why God wants to heal somebody, and thirty reasons why people don't get healed." Yes, right. I mean, I said I'll give you a simple example. Let's say uh, you come to me and say, "Could you pray for me? I have a headache, and I'm praying for your headache to be healed." But what I actually need to be praying is for a spirit of infirmity to leave you. Yeah, right. I'm praying for the wrong thing. Yeah, and my dad was like, "Well, that's preposterous because a Christian couldn't have a demon." And I was like, "Pick the worst example I possibly could," <laughs> and that's how I would think. I yeah. didn't think that a Christian could afflict a demon. A, a, a demon could afflict a Christian. <laughs> yeah. Well, both, actually. Well, a Christian both, yeah. can afflict a demon. <laughs> uh, but I didn't think that a demon could afflict a Christian. Yes. Because yeah, yeah. partly I didn't believe they were real. Yeah. And partly I didn't, I didn't, I had zero understanding of how the demonic works. Yes. And that inner healing and deliverance go hand in hand. Yes, they do. Forget who wrote the book. It was either the Kilstras. I actually think the Sanfords re-released some of their work, mm. and they called it A Comprehensive Guide to Inner Healing Deliverance. I'll look up the book, and I'll put a link in the show notes. Okay. It's fascinating showing how both of those go together, that if you do deliverance only without inner healing, you're, you, often your deliverance session is going to take a long time, Yes, and you actually haven't helped the person because you haven't removed the, the, stronghold the that top they can, off, yeah, they, that they can just come back, yeah. often with sevenfold, and that yes. person ends up in a worse place. Yeah. Jesus talked about that. Yeah. But to do inner healing only and not cast out the demon that was also there is not, is not effective. Yeah, yeah. And so they go hand in hand. Yes. I didn't know anything about that. Oh, wow. Okay, good. All right. Love it. What's number five? Number five. Drum roll, please. All right, I'm ready. I didn't know how powerful simple words could be. Ah. What I mean by that is, like, if you think about deliverance, you know, if you had to, if I had to guess how deliverance worked, it probably looked like a lot of shouting and quoting scriptures and maybe just, you know, a big tug of war between you and the devil. Mm. You know, maybe you had to fast for 30 days. Well, that is how some people do it. <laughs> <laughs> but the same with like inner healing. Like, if, if you think back, like you were talking about, like, I didn't think there was any healing for someone like me. Mm. Your journey to getting healed was probably mostly underwhelming for somebody looking from the outside. Yeah. And what I mean by that is that probably at the root of all inner healing is two simple things, repentance and yeah. forgiveness. Yeah, simple prayers. A little bit more than that. Yeah. Now, it shouldn't surprise us that simple words are effective in the kingdom given we get saved from a kingdom of darkness into a kingdom of eternal light by simple words. By simple words. Paul yeah. says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, yeah. you will be saved. Yeah. Right? There's no that other easy. name under heaven by which man may be saved. Yeah. And, and so we get saved by confessing Jesus Christ as Lord. Yes. So getting into the kingdom was as simple as saying some words. Advancing in the kingdom and being set free from demonic torment can be as simple as... I mean, we do this every year in our school. We uh, The very second week yeah. of our school, like welcome to School of Supernatural Life, is it's a week of inner healing and deliverance. It's the third week, but yeah. Is it the third week? It is, yeah. Well, what's the first week? The first week is hearing God's voice. You teach it. And the second week? Father heard of God, I teach week. it. Yes. Right. Well, I'm so excited. <laughs> I just jumped. You just were like, hey. I knew it wasn't the first week. Yeah. But 
uh, what we have to often coach people through is the ungodly belief is it's not working because it's not spectacular or dramatic. Right. Because it's people just reading a prayer out loud. Yeah. But it says in Scripture that Jesus is the high priest of our confession. Yeah. uh, And in the natural. And your words have power. So much power. Like, we are betrothed. Mm. We are in a lifelong covenant that is recognized around the world by earthly governments because we said two words. I do. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so inner healing doesn't have to be exhausting, spectacular. Yeah. It is 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 most often just activated by the confession of our mouth. Yeah. And I didn't know that. I yeah. thought it had to be like ninja stuff in the spirit. Yeah. So there's my five. That's so good. I was trying to think of other two words that would be funny. Like when you because I didn't know you were gonna say that. You handsome. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> All right, I have a listener's question for you. Okay, and then I'm going to go buy guinea pigs. You're fixated. Okay. All right, this is from Daniel. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Daniel. Get guinea pig. Try and vote. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hello, Alan and AJ. Hi. A few weeks ago, you talked about dreams. Do you remember that? You and the fabulous Sarah Jackson were talking we about dreams. We did. I grew up in a culture where dreams are said to have been ways God speaks to us in the biblical times, but not present day. So did I. That's you. Yeah, yeah, that was me. I have recently been praying that God would open up my mind to dreams from him. Yeah. I have since then been writing all of my dreams down, Good but job. I'm not sure what to do with them. I was wondering how to distinguish dreams from God and dreams that don't really have much meaning. So this is a question from episode 261 yeah. that you and Sarah did yeah. about dreams. We're both dreamers. Yeah. How how do you distinguish between dreams that are you and dreams that are God? Well, uh, so we're both dreamers. You're probably we're probably both doing this differently. Um I distinguish it by the residue of what I feel when I wake up or what after I have it. Like I, when I know that, uh, a dream is from the Lord, I have a, like a, uh, I feel the Holy spirit resting on me. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a warning dream, I feel, uh, the Holy spirit resting on that dream. And I'm like, okay, whatever this dream ends up meaning, I know that this was the Lord. And, and Sarah talked a little bit on that podcast about, you can also have dreams that are from your own heart. Like, so they're not, it's not that they're from a bad source. They're a dream that actually references the things that you're pondering, the things that are going on in your heart as well. Um, But for me, I know it's a God dream by what's resting on me after I wake up. Does that help? Well, it really helps. I think, I mean, I love your question, Daniel, because I, I had exactly the same question. I, I love that your name's Daniel. Yeah, I love that your name's taking your inheritance is to be dreams. one who dreams. Yeah. I'm a firm believer in Luke 11, 11, I want to say. You know, when Jesus said, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a, an egg, you give him a snake. Right. So it is when you ask my father, egg, snake? Is it scorpion, egg, snake? Stone. stone. It's one of those things. You basically, which of you earthly fathers, <laughs> if your son asked for something good, you'd give him something bad. Yeah. So I just had to trust that God, when I ask that you're going to speak to me through dreams, that you will speak to me through dreams. Yes. So first of all, I love that you're doing that. Second thing I love that you're doing, Daniel, is that you're writing them down. When we write down our dreams, we are saying to God, and we're saying to the spirit realm, I am willing to receive revelation from you. I'm willing to humble myself and choose to hear the way you speak rather than demand that you speak to me the way I hear. Yes. And so I think if you keep doing those, Hebrews 5.14 says it's by constant use the mature learn to distinguish good from evil. The more you do that and the more you build up a repertoire of your dreams, you will find by reason of use which ones are like, oh, the Lord speaking, which ones are the ones that are just, you know, pizza or whatever. But for now, I would just encourage you to do what you're doing. And as you honor the Lord in that, I think you will find a language. You will find perhaps what AJ's talking about, like a discernment about when is the Lord speaking. Yeah. Uh, I love that you're doing that. It's so humble. It's so childlike, and the Lord will honor you in that. So I don't have a... I mean, what happened for me? Daniel, I'm almost too scared to tell you what happened for me because I'm worried that if this doesn't happen to you, you're going to think it, it's not going to work for you. But I did the same thing. I just started asking God, would you speak to me? I was kind of skeptical. Lord, do you really speak in dreams? Like, this kind of feels weird. And I did what you were doing. I just wrote down my dreams, and here's why it's beautiful. I had one dream 
that um, I had a dream that I was in Brussels and I was leaving a train. And as I left the train, I walked up a flight of steps and some people at the top of the steps handed me a flyer. It was in French. I was trying to read it in the dream. I'm trying to remember my schoolboy French. And as they come over to me, they asked, do you understand what you read? And I said, no. And they said, can we pray for you? And I said, yes. And then I fall down on the floor. And I'm thinking, that's got to be a God dream, right? Because, mm. you, know, you know, I fall down the floor in the Holy Spirit. And I remember bright light. I remember waking up. I write it down the dream. Think, I don't know what that means. I don't even know if I made that up. I don't even know if God's speaking. Forgot about it. Months later, I'm literally in Brussels. I'm on a day off. I take the train into the city. I get out of a train. I climb up a tall flight of steps from the train station to ground level. As I do, at the top there, somebody hands me a piece of paper. It's in French. I'm reading it. I don't understand what it says. Somebody comes over to me and says, hey, do you understand what you're reading? I said, no. They said, oh, we're students. We're from a church in Brownsville in Florida. Can we pray for you? And I'm like, yes. And as they pray for me, I fall to the ground. As I'm on the ground, I'm like, oh my gosh, I had a dream about this months earlier. Yeah. And so I stand up. I have my journal with me. I open up the journal and I read them the dream. They're freaking out. I'm freaking out. And that, I got my answer. Does God speak? Yes. Yeah, he does, right? Yeah. In Job 33, 14, does God speak now one way, now another, in a dream, in a vision of the night? Yeah. Okay, God, you do. Yeah. I would never have known that if I hadn't recorded a dream. Who knows if I would have forgotten the yeah. dream? Write them all down. Write so them down, and you'll build up a language of God speaking to you in your dreams. But the most important thing, Daniel, is you're demonstrating hunger, and the Lord will reward you for that. Yes. Okay. Wonderful. Well, if you would like the show notes from today's show, you're just unstoppable. Go to alanandaj.com slash 264. A huge thank you to the members of our show who make each of these episodes possible. If you would like to see the winter wonderland that AJ has created, you can access all of the back catalog of our episodes in video format. Not all of them. The last, I don't know. Yeah. We've been recording videos for the last year. Yeah, I think and so. A half. What a year. So yeah. if you want to watch the video episodes of these podcasts, if you want to help support the show, if you want to get discounts on all of our products, which by the way, if you're buying Christmas presents for people who want to be hungry, AJ's got her finding father book we've got video courses if you're getting married by the way if you happen to get engaged this year like at christmas because i hear that's a popular time we have a <laughs> video course for people who are about to get married um it's all about sex if you want to have a great start to uh, your married life we have a, a new soon to be married sex got course to be the weirdest podcast ever we've got this great course all about sex <laughs> If you want to learn about boundaries, if you want to learn more about the Father's love and hearing his voice, we got books, courses. My whole point is if you're a member, you get discounts on all those resources too. Yes. If you want to get priority Q&A in your questions, you can become a member from as little as $1 an episode. Go to alanandaj.com slash join to learn how to do that. And join us next week for our last episode of 2021. Also, if you do want to sign up for information about the adoption or to track us, yeah. uh, you can do that also at alanandaj.com slash adopt. And just one other thing. If you're listening <laughs> to this thinking, I didn't know about demons. I didn't know about inner healing. We have a nine-month school in we Franklin, do. Tennessee, and also online. It's an eight-month school. We have an eight-month school. Yes. <laughs> Let's not make it longer. <laughs> I'm like it scares me how little how quickly I can get rid of information that it's, I don't it's need. It's terrifying. Right. But you're cute. I know, yeah. very cute. Yeah. If you want to come and do our school either in here in like literally in Franklin Tennessee or from the comfort of your home Online, go to slash school because we're accepting applications for the fall of 2022. I can't believe we're at 2022 nearly. Not yet, almost. Yeah. Soon and very soon. All right. All right, we're praying that you have an amazing week. Happy Christmas shopping, and we'll see you next week. Boom. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God are things we deal with every day. From Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me. Oh, yeah. Keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, sharing their life experiences. Oh, yeah. Keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses. They talk about faith in God and everything under the sun. If you are a human being, 
There's something here for everyone.